Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Jesus came to save the world. And our world right now seems to be in such a desperate state. So many of us are experiencing pain and hurt and sadness and frustration and irritation, anger, or even hate because of what is going on and what has gone on in our world and in our country. And one current affair is compounding on the next. And the thing that is burning in our minds and in our hearts, the question that is burning is, what do I do? What can I do right now in the midst of all of this? We've been journeying through the Gospel of John, the, the Gospel story that is there to show the signs, the wonders that Jesus performed to prove his deity, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world. It starts off by saying the word, the truth of God became flesh and dwelt among us. What did Jesus do in a world that looked very much like the world we're in right now? Well, we've seen through this gospel that Jesus saw people. He saw where they were at. Starting with the disciples. He saw them in their situation, and he called them into a life of purpose. But what about the people who were experiencing pain and hurt and sadness and frustration and irritation and anger and maybe even hate? We see Jesus travel to a land called Samaria, a place where this whole group of people called Samaritans who were rejected by the Jewish people, they were cast out. They were seen as less than. He goes to a well because he has a divine appointment with a woman. A woman who is seen as less than. Who is of a people who is seen as less than who had experienced in relationships being less than, being abused and cast away. She, for sure, was experiencing pain and hurt and sadness and frustration and irritation, anger and even hate. And Jesus, he speaks to her. He interacts with her, a Jew with a Samaritan. He tells her, I know you're thirsty. I can create in you a wellspring of water. So you'll never be thirsty again. She asks him about worship. She asks him about the current state of the world, the racism that was going on in her area. And he said, soon, and the time is upon us when we will no longer 
be disunified, but we can worship together in spirit and in truth. He is saying, my kingdom is coming. I have a place where we can all go and worship God together. And she says, yes, I'm looking forward to the Messiah. And he says, I am. I am he, I am the Messiah. And as he reveals himself in this one-on-one relationship, this one-on-one moment with this woman, her eyes are opened and she sees Jesus. And her pain and her hurt and her sadness and her frustration and her irritation and her anger and even her hate, it just washes away and she is flooded with delight. And she goes into her town and she tells everyone of this Jesus she met who told her everything she had done. We see Jesus approach a man who is crippled for 38 years. He was laying by a pool that was known that when it was stirred up that if you went and laid in the pool that there was a chance you could be healed. This man, because of his physical state, had to have been experiencing maybe pain and hurt and sadness. He was definitely feeling frustration because when Jesus asks him, hey, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water is stirred up and while I am going, another steps down before me. Maybe irritation, anger, or even hatred for those going in before him. He was experiencing these kind of things. But Jesus tells him, Take up your bed and walk. And the man stands up, picks up his bed, and walks. Later, Jesus finds this man in the temple. And he says to him, See you are well, sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. He goes to this man. He finds this man. And though he had ministered to his body, he goes and he ministers to his soul. He offers this man complete wellness. And that leads us to where we're at in John 9, where we see this man who is blind from birth, probably confused, wondering why he was born this way, seen as different, but probably settled into this place of pain and hurt and sadness and frustration and irritation, anger, and maybe even hate. Why was I born blind? And this Jesus looks down and sees him in his, in his hurt and his pain. And he heals the man. He makes mud, anoints his eyes, touches this man, sends this man to wash. 
and then he heals him. Because this man is, a, is just floored by this miracle. And he's dragged into questioning. And everyone keeps asking him what happened to the point where he's saying, I've told you over and over and over again, I don't understand why you keep asking me. And I don't, I don't care whether this guy, you think this guy is a sinner or not. He performed a miracle. I was experiencing pain and hurt and sadness and frustration, irritation, anger, and even hate. But this Jesus stepped into my life. Now I see. And all of that just melts away. A miracle has been done in my life. And because of his testimony, he is cast out. When it says this, it doesn't mean he's just thrown out of the building. It means he is excommunicated from the community. So in this moment where maybe this pain and hurt and sadness, frustration, irritation, anger and even hate could creep back in, Jesus found him in the place that he was at. It says in John 9, verse 35, it says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who, who is speaking to you now. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus found this man. And not just concerned about whether the man could physically see or not. He wanted the man to have life and life abundant and live in the purpose of love. And as the man believed, he worshipped. For those of us who are in this place where we don't know what to do right now, we don't know what to do in the midst of the pain, the hurt, the sadness, the frustration, the irritation, the anger, and the hate. If we look at Jesus and what he did, the man, the God-man who came to save the world and had the weight of, his wor of the world on his shoulders, he saved the world one relationship at a time, one moment at a time. And we all have moments in our life. And though we could get on social media and feel the weight of the world, what do I do? God has placed you in the places that you work, in the families that you're in, with the friends that you have, in the spheres of influence that you have. One moment at a time. Led by the Spirit of God. Listen, God came to save the world. But he has called you to love. He will save this world. All you got to do is love in the moments that he puts you in. There are people that you know who you can love and support and be with in all times of struggle, 
whether it's now or into the future, into the rest of your life, you have a choice to walk in the purpose of love that he created you for, to love God, to love people, to serve this world. Are you going to make the choice to lean into the moments that you have, to encourage those that you are close to, to encourage, to see those who are close by, and minister his love to them? You know, I know I go here often, but in Genesis 1, it says that we were created to bear his image. Scripture also says that God is love. And as Paul said, as we are formed into his likeness, that when we step into people's lives, that people get to experience love. They get to experience the love and life that Christ has to offer. What do we do in the midst of this pain and hurt and sadness and frustration, irritation, anger and hate? We bring the love of Jesus to the people around us, the people whose lives he has placed us in. We love and we love well. For those of you who are in the midst and experiencing that pain, that hurt, that sadness, that frustration, irritation, anger, and hate, which I understand is most of us in different ways for different reasons, Jesus, just like these people that we've talked about today from the Bible, from Scripture, he has a divine appointment with you. Would you take the time to talk with him, to let him minister to you, to speak to your heart, to heal you, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually, to bring wellness to your whole body, to your whole mind and to your whole soul? For those of you who are just stuck with that question, what do I do? He has divine appointments set up for you to minister that love to others. I think it's really important that as we navigate these hard times, we need to see in verse 38, the man's response. It says that after Jesus says, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He says, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Let's take a stance. Let's position ourselves in a posture of worship. If that requires us to put on some headphones and listen to music and go into a closet or our car and just worship at the top of our lungs, let's do it. If you have a household that you can gather and pull out a guitar and worship God together, let's do it. Let's worship and let's see God's kingdom come into this crazy wild world right now. Let's see his love manifest in our towns and our cities and, and, and these places that are filled with hurting people right now. Let's see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of love, fill and flood 
this world. I hope this is a blessing to you. Let God bless you with wherever you're at right now. I love you guys. I am praying for you. And I'm looking forward to the next time we get to be together. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.